Hey, lovely listeners, it's Ernez here. So we are still gearing up to continue our vintage adventure into season nine. So in the meantime, I'm dropping a nice little bonus episode into your feed this week from our Patreon. Um, Patricia and I, a little while ago, took a sidestep away from worn stories and focused on our love of comedian and fashion icon Bowen Yang. We each made a list of our top five Bowen Yang moments, so Patricia focused on his top five fashion moments, and I focused on his top five Saturday Night Live moments. So we have a top 10 that splits between fashion and comedy on SNL with a little blend of both in some places. So for those of you who are not with us on Patreon, we hope you enjoy this little detour. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, we would love to have you. Uh, your support there goes towards the production costs of this show. So to become a Patreon patron, check the link in the show notes. So on to our Bowen Yang Love Fest, and we'll see you next week for our return to Project Runway Season 9, Episode 5. Uh, so today... Uh, we have a very special, special, special Patreon episode. Um, the voice you hear, um, I'm also hearing, it is uh, the wonderful and lovely uh, Patricia, whose voice I can hear and whose face I can see. <laughs> I'm making heart gesture. Making heart gesture. Yay! So we're <laughs> recording in person in my studio, and this is amazing. Um, so that's one reason why this is, is a special episode. The second reason why this is a special episode is, first of all, we're not talking about next in fashion anymore. We're done. Hmm. We finished. And so uh, at the end of that finale, we kind of alluded to some uh, a special thing that we're kind of gathering together. And we had an off-podcast conversation that inspired what we're about to do today. So what we're about to do today um, is create a love fest around someone that we mutually really, really like and are a fan of and are, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know the words. Well, well, we mutually really like this person. The name is Bowen Yang. So you might be wondering, why? <laughs> why are they talking about Bowen Yang? Uh, we hope that you guys know who this person is, but if you don't, um, we're also hoping that perhaps this is an introduction to a really amazing person, a wonderful artist, comedian, um, and just all around interesting. And I think, a, 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 you know, I, you know, someone that I, I would like to be friends with in real life, but not really. I actually would just like to observe what they're doing um, from afar. But what are they doing? So who, 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 how do we know Bo and Yang? So Patricia. I know Bo and Yang, first of all, Patreon listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. We are doing this episode, yes, out of love for Bo and Yang, but also out of love for you. Oh, yeah, so totally. We yes. hope that you love this little yes. thing that we've... It's This is a special thing that we're doing, that yeah. the new format we're playing And of course, with. it's not... You know, we're going to, like, tie it in to Project Runway, but it's we're kind related. of... related. It really is. It really it's, is related. Um, but we're also kind of hoping, since we, we both really love this person, that uh, that you guys will, will feel it <laughs> and participate in it. And then, uh, and also, yeah, that you kind of enjoy our dive into this person. But yeah. Yeah. And I think we have so many conversations. This is one way to bring like our off-podcast co- off conversations about the podcast to the podcast yes. and to like our group of supporters. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, supporters. This one's for you. Yeah, thank you. So how do I know Bone Yang? I actually know Bone Yang. I don't watch SNL. Mm. So I do watch the clips that 
circulate in media that I'm like, oh, look, an iceberg. I have to go see that. Um, but I actually know Bowen Yang as Cousin Edmund in um, Aquafina's show, Nora is from Queens. Love that show. I thought Bowen was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also know Bowen from this newer show called Girls 5 Eva, which is really superbly written. Bowen is in it? Bowen has a cameo oh in it. God, so scary. Bowen plays this uh, millennial social media influencer that is 100% drunk on ego <laughs> and power and exploitation. And it's it's very Bowen in that it's very critique. Yeah. It's a, I'm sorry, it's very critique. That's not even grammarly correct. But it's a very critical stance on contemporary culture. Okay. So um, I know Bowen, f- Bowen from those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the first time I actually saw Bowen Yang on SNL was the clip with, um, I forget who the guest was. I think it was Dua Lipa when Dua Lipa was on SNL. And there was that sketch with RuPaul and Bowen Yang in mm-hmm. a coal mine. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yes. I was yeah. like, who is that performer? Who is that hilariously campy performer who can hold their own with Rue? Oh, my gosh. So uh, yes. that was like, okay, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> and then, bonjour, hi. Yes. And that's where we bonded <laughs> because we found out we both love that sketch so much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how I know Bo and Yang. Only from Saturday Night Live, honestly. Because he he's now, I think, a full cast member, but, of course, was brought in as a feature player. And he was um, a writer. He was a writer for about a year before he came on as a cast. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know him. And then he comes on as like a feature player and, um, already has out of the newbies. Usually, um, you can kind of tell if they're a little nervous in front of the camera, it takes them about a year or two to warm up. And I noticed that with Bowen from the get go, there was a lot of energy. He seemed super comfortable with being on um, a sketch team, of course. Um, but um, he has such a physical uh, prowess or something like a command of himself physically in a way that presence. Yeah, it, it's not just what he says is hilarious because um, some of my favorite um, cast members on SNL usually are able to use their, their whole body, their face, and also are really great impressionists. And I think he is really good at pr- impressions. He doesn't do impressions a lot, but I think he's really good at that. But how he uses his face, mm-hmm. and I think also in terms of um, the critical critique, so, so some of my favorite sketches that he's been in have been, I don't know, I, I feel like I can feel his thumbprint or his fingerprint on how the sketch is um, uh, is kind of oriented, um, and and usually there is like some of my favorite ones have a lot to do with contradictions or or um, him being like an overt hypocrite, and just kind of like a play on things that are kind of can be quite serious, but is it's wonderfully a light touch. yeah very very light a smart light really touch. really wonderful so. Um, so yeah, that's that's mostly how I know Bowen. Um, so yeah, so so we've kind of touched on that and and sort of like why we are talking about Bowen. And so there are a couple of things with him in particular. Um, so not that this is, um, yeah, I don't know, like because he's someone who I you know there's a there's a podcast that. He, that he's a part of as well that um that I 
there are just like some tidbits into his life where he is also um, quite um, honest and, and really personal on there. And there are some, there's one episode where he talked to Ego Nwoden, who is also a cast member on SNL, um, that, that gave me insight into actually some inside jokes on some of the sketches. Okay. <laughs> so there are certain sketches where I'm like, mm. That's an inside joke, only because you know, because uh, one of his writing partners is Ego Nwoden. They they write together a lot, um, some some sketches on a show, and I just really really enjoy that. I, I enjoy enjoy that a lot, hearing about him in his process. So um, okay, so how about we um, talk about a little bit of, for instance, um, do we want to talk about our our wish for Bowen to be on Project Runway. Oh yeah, <laughs> this episode could be, could maybe be the first of a small random series. Yes, about judges we'd like to see on Project Runway. Yes, and why not? Why I think Bowen is a perfect candidate. There's you reminded me when I said, "Oh, Project Runway has never had a comedian, right?" And you said, "No, no, Patricia Leslie Jones was there." And I said, yeah. "Oh, that's right." Yeah. Perfect really really great addition and point of view. Yes. And yeah. so I thought Bowen would also be great. I mean, we can dream, right? You know? I know. <laughs> and also I was wondering too, you know, um our Patreon lovelies, if you can remember other comedians that were um, judges, because no one else really comes to mind, but um, I'm, I'm, I could just be drawing a blank on that. But because Leslie Jones at the time also was from SNL, I'm just like, huh, what other kinds of comedians would I want to see on the show? And of course, SNL, I think, yeah, that was the, the Bravo, uh, Two Point Bravo. So there is like an NBC crossover there, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why they're taking comedians from SNL. But Leslie Jones also is kind of incredibly dynamic <laughs> and has an eye for fashion oh yeah and also right. as a part of the fashion story Christian Siriano dresses her all the time right Met and Bowen. there was like that whole thing about her not being able to find anyone to dress her for the Ghostbusters premiere do you remember that I do remember that yeah I also remember much like Bowen and a lot of other people but mm-hmm. these two specifically getting a lot of Twitter racism oh yeah Bowen has closed their Twitter account. Leslie Jones at one point closed their Twitter account, which is, this is crazy. Like, we're living through some very serious forms of electronic violence that gets normalized as culture, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. And, I mean, I don't want to get glum uh, about that, but but just something that's sort of interesting about what comedians of color, like, move through. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I think, um, any also in particular with the, the two of them, I think Leslie Jones... They're just, I don't know, Bowen is younger, but has, I think, a very mature sensibility. And I think a part of it was, I think he grew up in Colorado, I want to say. All over. All over. Yeah, born in Australia. Mm -hmm. Moved to Canada, Quebec, which Mm -hmm. is where Bonjour High comes from. Mm -hmm. Readers, if you haven't seen Bonjour High, please go Google that right now. It's really, really fantastic. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about okay. it. Yeah, and I have so the links are going to be in the in the notes for okay. the show. Yeah, But, you know, worry. pause now and watch it. Yes. Just pa- press pause, <laughs> then come back because it's wonderful. So then lived in Canada and then Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting hearing about his time in Colorado, which is a, a lot of his formative years. 
went to high school there. And, um, you know, just I'm pretty sure and on top of um, being a person of color, but moving around is is not very um, it. That's a that's a tough way to um, grow to. Yeah, to grow and, and really hard to um, to form relationships. Not that it's impossible, but it's a different way of seeing and relating to the world. Um, a lot of the people that I know who have moved around a lot have this maturity to them that mm-hmm. is, is just really kind of fascinating. And especially if, if you grew up like as a, like I knew, I know some military brats, they call themselves military brats. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, their perspective, especially on culture. And so to mm-hmm. have him be a comedian, um, and, uh, a, a, a sketch writer and an actor mm-hmm. is, you know, just and like now a, course. a producer. Something yeah. about producing, I don't know what, but <laughs> oh. like, I'm not like a, a entertainment scholar. I just like Bowen. You yeah. Know, I, I don't like, <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, but also producer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what we're going to do, we've chosen um, two things to focus on. So Patricia is going to focus on Bowen's fashion sense, and I'm going to focus on his time on SNL. Mm. Since that's sort of um, not that, not that like so this is how this is like what I'm really excited to talk about and I think also a big part of especially what he's doing now um, a lot of uh, he's being most he's most notable for being a cast member on on, on SNL mm-hmm. um, but also to talk about uh, uh, his sensibility of clothes and how he presents himself that's where Patrice was going to po- focus on we have our five we've chosen five so would you say that you have a top five? Where yeah. it's like five, four, three, two, one, or I mean five, yes. four, three, two, one. Yes. Okay, great. So we have basically like Bowen Yang's top ten fashion moments yes. between the show, the SNL show, and media. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Um. And yeah. And I have a five. And I just said that because I had a hard time ranking mine. I'm hmm. really indecisive, everyone. And so there are. I, I think you have the tougher job. I think you had the okay. tougher selection. Thank you for acknowledging that, Patricia, because I'm like, oh, my and God. When I, when I was like, oh, my God, let's do this. It's so much fun. I, I didn't. I don't watch the show, so I couldn't have done your part, you know. Um, and it was fun doing that. I feel bad because there's there are like two sketches that I left out that you just reminded me of that I that were in the running. I'm like, oh, that was a good one, too. Oh, my God. It's I, a, we're we just going to go through We can always do it. a follow up. I know. We Why can always do, do like, a follow up. Just do those two extra ones. OK, we can do yeah. that. All right, Patricia. So you have number five. OK. So the rank is number one is the best okay. out of all of them. So number okay. five is like the fifth best. OK, so number five. For number five, I chose um, Bowen Yang, a portrait of Bowen Yang in The New York Times from last year, from 2020. It was photographed by Celeste Sloman for the time. It's a photograph of Bowen wearing a heeled boot. Okay. <laughs> I just want to highlight that. A heeled boot and some ver- and jeans, black jeans, um, a bluish grayish button down shirt with some straps with an oval kind of um, buckle. And then Bowen is holding a hammer and has some protective headgear that Bowen has taken off and Bowen is looking serious but not unapproachable how approachable can we be or feel when we are smashing the patriarchy to bits in our heeled (laughs) boots right but Bowen is wearing the trademark Bowen glasses and it's just a great photograph and for me it's so 
quintessential Bowen in that it's serious, it's smashing media, it's smashing masculinity, it's having a little bit of heel, a little bit of sass, it gets to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like I really like that you chose this. I mean, because it's also um, in terms of, well, yeah, because we're just talking about this, in terms of what he's wearing. Um, so there are these straps around his shoulders. So there's always, there. okay, harnesses have made many appearances on Project Runway. And um, it almost looks like it is a reference of a harness, but mm. um, may, but it also kind of feels like backpack straps or um, a belt buckle, but essentially something else that's incorporated into it that I really, really like quite a bit. But it, it's also kind of this, um, uh, like a, kind of like a, like a play on construction as well. Mm -hmm. And like what workers wear or what construction workers wear. And, um, but, but very, very fashionable. And it kind of reminds me of um, a sketch that, um, I will be talking about. Oh, good. It has to do with has to do with work, mm -hmm. but a twist even on the fashion in work. So I look at this and I see a deconstruction worker. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Alain Foucault, deconstruction worker. Oh, deconstruction work. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like deconstructing roles, deconstructing norms, deconstructing yeah. things, and that's why I love this photo. I'm not somebody who points to Newton to like mainstream photos and i'm like wow look at that but yeah this is a good moment it's a good mo moment for bowen it's a good moment moment for portrait photography in general mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's sort of this deconstruction moment for a gay queen who has a distaste for injustice yeah yeah you know and i think this it's number five but it's a pretty solid number five okay in in Bowen Yang's top five fashion moments All right. in media. This is really <laughs> helpful because it, it's inspired me to um, kind of just actually riff off of that with the sketch that I'm going to show. But any other thoughts on on that? Okay, so no, actually... So what's your number five? So what my number five is going to be now, that that, that's gonna, that was going to be your number five, is the sketch with RuPaul. <gasps> so it is um, Coal Miner's Face Off which actually was originally cut for time. So this was never even shown on um, as it aired for some reason. Um, so the the date, the air date for this is February 8th, 2020. Guys, this is gonna be trouble. They're both alphas. Yeah, it's like putting a gator and a grizzly in the same zoo display. Look at him. Oh, Big Dom. Please, call me Dominique. <laughs> Dominique, the lighting in here suits you. There isn't any. <laughs> oh, Big Al. It's Alexis. Alexis, <laughs> I see you kept your figure. Your coveralls fit you like a glove. The glove of a very fat hand. <laughs> it's gonna be Monday Night Raw up in here. Yeah, I'm scared these two tanks are just gonna go at it. Man. I don't wanna see this. They're gonna break every bone in each other's body. So yeah, so what you're saying about deconstruction and also um actually speaking to um i don't know because so the to explain the coal miners sketch so in this sketch we have um a group of 
a group of the most of the guys, I think almost all of the cast members who I, who I who are male presenting and male identifying on SNL are sitting together. Um, they're taking a break from their coal mining and um, they're kind of wondering about where their boss is. And so <laughs> they're their hard ass boss. So the hard ass boss is played by RuPaul and RuPaul enters into the frame by sitting on one of the, I guess the coal miner carts going down a track um, with, uh, with legs crossed, um, uh, actually looking very um, uh, disdainfully, but also kind of like, kind of, you know, I'm, I am the boss essentially. Like I'm the boss, I'm coming in. Um, but then there is uh, an a, a, an anta- an antagonist, someone who actually has some beef with the boss, um, and this person is uh, Alexis O'Grady Chang, <laughs> played by Bowen, aka Big Al, in this uh, particular <laughs> sketch. And so what it is essentially is a very dramatic back and forth where they're essentially just reading each other. There is a face slap. Um, there is um, also the I will say like the the guys are on the, on the end are acting as the the they choir. Look frightened. Yeah, because they're like, <laughs> hey, so like, oh my god, what are they doing over there? Should we get in the middle of that? Like, no, I don't want to die today. Are you kidding me? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to die. But essentially, because like the the reading is so vicious and the looks are. so so vicious and what they're um i you know um it is war it is it is war and it's a war of words mm-hmm. um and at the end there is a very dramatic slap where um alexis o'grady chang um slaps uh, the boss on the face um and then um he's dismissed for because like you know it's like no i won't talk to but as he's dismissed he's walking off the set um and grabs uh, his jacket to go, which is essentially a satin fur lined cape. And one of the guys from the gallery who's just kind of watching this on the side goes like, Hey, no, that's mine. What are you doing with my cape? So yeah, I, I love this sketch. I love it. I love it so much. There's even like a moment when they're, they're sipping tea with each other, like very dainfully. There's like a, I'm going to, I'll put this in the cheat sheet, but love it. Um, and and I just kind of love this the, the drama between them being um, uh, being observed, but also just the the reading between them, or actually just like the insults that they're um, they're giving back and forth. But at the end, that there also is some mutual respect for the um, the confrontation. It's so fucking hilarious. It's great. It's really it's really smart. Yeah. Yeah really smart so that's your top five that's my number five wow yeah yeah and it it is it's floating around like everything is floating so that i think that actually was my original fifth one so i I guess that kind of lines up yeah so what's your fourth you want to do your fourth and then i do oh my my gosh yeah number four is soul cycle (gasps) good job oh my god so what's the fashion of the soul cycle trainer i think oh the fashion of the soul cycle trainer um is of course bike shorts and a tank top both in black is there a headband no there's no no headband headband. there's a wig wig. and that's what i love about this sketch is bowen's wig um it's short it's permed um it looks like 
maybe perhaps he's been sweating, but also it could look like this person who is auditioning. So that's the point of the, so that's the sketch. These are a series of um, trainers who are auditioning to be soul cycle teachers. Um, and I believe that this person would have gone to um, some super expensive um, stylists and gotten their hair done in a way where it's like, I want it to look good if it's dry and when it's wet. And it's permed out and it's amazing. The wig is amazing. Um, so I have um, a clip that I'm I'm gonna play. What's up, what's up, Soul Cycle White Harlem? <laughs> My name is Flint, like the water. Let's get those leg muscles going while I tell you what I'm about. I live life with no regrets. Abraham Lincoln died. It didn't have to happen. <laughs> Poor guy. If I would have been there, I would have stopped it. But I wasn't. Will you be? Let's ride! All right, so just play the clip. Um, and we, we also just watched it um, in person. And can you repeat what you just said on the podcast? Oh, what did I, oh, what did <laughs> I just say? I said that I, I never really know like who writes what because they don't always write their own sketches. But yeah. what Bowen brings to this is genius. Yeah. Genius. Yes. It's so, like, it just kind of, it just hits you. Really, so uh, for, yeah, and I in 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 terms of the words, of course, like the words calling <laughs> calling this location of Soul Cycle Soul Cycle White Harlem in particular. So no, SNL has like a deep. Um, I would like to believe that it's one of the black writers on on SNL because they have quite a few. I don't know all of them, but I know that they have like a a good number of um, people of color in a writer's room. And of course, all of them live in New York for the most part. And uh, that is so, it's interesting um, that that's there, but also, you know, um, the way he says all of those words, mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, the extra M on Harlem. And then also <laughs> my name is Flint, like the water. <laughs> it's it's offensive, but it's also, um, I get it. Like, yes, no, it's, it is, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I just kind of love the way he leans into it. I think it's making it. fun of how offensive people are. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? um, yeah. But also the how, how kind of serious this is for, for instance, I've never been to Soul Cycle. I've never wanted to go to a second class. Like, there was a period of time when I really tried to go to the Y. And whenever I would go for a tour, everyone would go, yeah, so you, here's our gym, here's our pool, um, here's our cycling class, but you need to get on a waiting list for that oh. because this, this always fills, fills up. I'm just like, oh my God, there's so many people who love riding stationary bikes. Um, no offense to anyone who loves stationary, <laughs> stationary bikes, but it's nothing I've ever really wanted to do, but I know that a lot of people are really into it and I love this sketch, first of all, because everyone really gets into it. I guess this is how SoulCycle is kind of. Um, the guest host is also in this sketch, um, and I—he's uh, the guy. Oh no, I'm gonna—I'm gonna forget his name, but um, you know, if you guys have seen um, Black Widow, he is the father. He's uh, the guy that plays um, the Black Widow's dad. Anyway, so he was the guest host for this episode, um, and he's not great. He's not great in it. It's fine. Um, and so 
that's also something that Bowen does for a lot of these sketches. If the sketch is a little flat, mm-hmm. then Bowen coming into it, and especially for this sketch in particular, where they're cycling, literally cycling them out, where there are um, uh, different auditions and different people, whenever he was on screen, it was just, I'm just like, oh, I just wish that you could just be the person auditioning for this soul cycle in the sketch. I get it that we have to have other people, but mm, oh no, mm-hmm. whenever Bowen's in the sketch, I'd rather just look at Bowen. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I've also never been to Soul Cycle, and I don't have any plans to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to go to the Y to run on the track, but mm-hmm. that was actually the Y that I used to go to is now closed. It was on Twenty Third Street. It's now a David Barton. That used to Are be you a Y. Serious? Yeah, that used to be a Y. Um, with I a know really nice pool. No, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. But all that to say wow. that what I find really interesting about like all the, because all of these. Uh, uh, companies like SoulCycle, Peloton, what's the other one? There's like another one. Um, They all have like trials that you can do and you can see what they're like. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the instructors have to be so, they have to be personable, motivating. Yeah. But in this format of like, grr, grr, grr. So it must be so, that performance alone is exhausting. Yeah. In addition to the physical workout. Oh yeah. I, (laughs) you know what, there was, if anyone, if you, do you listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? No. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. They had a Peloton instructor as a guest. So, uh, so it's a news, funny, it's a funny news comedy show where at the end of the week, they, oh, is this Garrison Keillor? No, oh, no, okay. it's not that one. Um, they have to, like a panel of comedians on there. I would love, actually, would love Bowen Yang to be on that. They have a panel yeah. of comedians, and they kind of just kind of rag on the news. And um, sometimes it's actually really harsh. But there's always a, a show or a, um, a game called Not My Job, mm-hmm. where they bring on people who are exceptional and amazing, award-winning people, and they ask them these dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> about something that they probably don't know anything about. And they invited a Peloton instructor on. I was like, whoa, this nice. is interesting. What's going on? And this person's super popular. Um, I listen to podcasts who uh, with people who have Pelotons, and they mention the same names over and over again. I'm like, hmm. these people are actually really well-known Yeah. now. But, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I'm, yeah, and it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and but uh, encompasses it so much where you have to – be front facing yeah and also be um i think aspirational yes so that's why you have to talk about like yes. oh my god like if i could go back in time when abraham lincoln was alive I he would, would stop. N- i would stop his assassination okay. because i can you know like, funny thing to say after what happened in january oh after, yeah of 2020 after this insurrection right so yes. interesting that there's this the writing is pulling from all of our moments like at home exercise mm-hmm. the insurrection mm-hmm and the sort of cultural ego of it all and then yeah. the sort of performance of exercise leadership. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like right before, I believe, no, no, this was a little bit before the lockdown. I just said exercise leadership. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it's sort of like, for instance, right now, um, thinking about the show Physical, uh, which is a, an Apple Plus show that is about the Jane Fonda era of aerobics and that becoming... Um, uh, like a, a Ma- hot mass, thing. Like mass available. Um, what do you mean? Like mass market. Video, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and how a lot of what's in that show is about self-empowerment 
or even thinking a little bit about why it became such a phenomenon, but also thinking about those instructors as household names, um, people that, according to the show, that some women aspired to be and um, kind of really did a number on, yeah, we're actually kind of like cultural leaders in a way. So I don't, yeah, I think it's fun to say yeah. exercises, exercise leader. That's essentially <laughs> what they are. Not just instructors, but yeah. Okay, so that was my, my number four. Is it time for my number it's four? It's time for your number four. Okay, so you can look at the photo while I talk oh, about it. So okay. my number four is a photograph of Bone Yang from GQ 2020. The photograph is by um, Katie McCurdy. It was styled by Ian Bradley, and I want to make a point to say styled by Ian Bradley because out of everything that I've chosen, this is probably the most styled photo shoot that I have mm -hmm. or that I chose for Bowen Yang's top five fashion moments in media. And why did I choose this photo? This was not the lead photo in the, the article. This was mm -hmm. like one of the ones in there. But it's a subtle and smart combination of shapes and a subtle and smart combination of the relationships among details that are sort of historically particular to menswear right hmm, so yeah. like there's pinstripe there's pleats right but all of these things are presented with soft contours and muted colors there's a, a mint a lightweight mint green sweater and then underneath it this lavender shirt with the buttoned up collar peeking up from beneath the sweater mm -hmm. and then we have like white tennis shoes yeah in a white pinstripe jacket yeah like, cozy calm creative yeah, the cozy, calm, creative, right? But look at how that jacket rounded the edges. Like everything is very soft. It's very soft. It reminds it. I think about ice cream when I'm looking mm. at this. Um, they're so pastel, but also could be flavors. Like the pants look like chocolate ice cream, <laughs> and you know it just kind of looks like it could be a Neapolitan. It's just missing pink, and um, even with the, especially wish, especially with the shoes. But these lines, like I really love, I just love the composition here as well. But it's it's a it's a very soothing photograph. Yeah, it's not how you typically see menswear. It's sort of what these are all the qualities that you find in like a, a like a bodycon dress. Yes, in yeah. a way, like. Um, I mean, nothing here is form fitting. Everything is loose and comfortable. Okay, bodycon dress, maybe <gasps> not. But like sometimes I think that. I mean, especially in this era, like the post-Barbie era, I feel mm -hmm. like the consensus, the sort of mainstream consensus of beauty is that everything that female presenting people should be is, for me, it's like almost like people are, they're talking about a car. Everything mm -hmm. has to be shiny and curvy and, and bright, you yeah, know, like, yeah. like it's some kind of car, and yeah. which is very weird to me. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have obviously a lot of fashion that goes against that where everything is sort of more curvy but not not um curvy but not oh, i'm forgetting the word right now every it, it's sort of soft without it being um soft tailoring yeah like it's not an attempt to take away authority it's a way to soften authority yeah that's what i'm looking to get at and there's there. also something that's like what I've really noticed, especially in fashion, and I think I've been thinking about it a lot, um, because before we're, uh, you know, er, er, there is a look to 
Gen Z Mm -hmm. and living in New York City, I'm always looking for riffs on that. But it, it for now, it's to me, I'm seeing it as being very consistent across the board. Everyone's in Crocs. Um, everyone's still in jogging pants, and hmm. um, they tight. love, uh, or well, actually, like loose, like loose oh, jogging loose. pants. Sometimes tight, yes. Um, there'll be a biker short with a crop top, or um, elephant pants, or uh, white leg pants with a crop top. Elephant pants, I mean, like jeans. So, like mm-hmm. wide leg jeans with a crop top, and um, and I, I'm also thinking about like you know we're all going outside a lot more for now, and we've um, a lot of us have gained weight or also have gotten used to dressing for comfort rather mm-hmm. than to be seen, which is New York City. Like I think people here dress to be seen hmm. and present in a way and also have that expectation that there's a lot of people looking at me. And I'm saying that because of Bowen's pants. They're so loose and they look very, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like this whole outfit to me is also very so comfortable. wonderfully comfortable. Yeah. And I'm used to looking at this now. I think this would have been of note maybe last year. The, um, this is GQ, GQ 2020 fall. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very 2020. Um, <coughs> 2019, 2018, you know, we have been like, like, why isn't he wearing like skinny jeans? Or why aren't those pants tailored? Why aren't right, they shorter? Right. They're too big. Right. But I just kind of think this is very... Um, yeah, this is so so appropriate. It's but. really smart. It's just smart. It's yeah. subtle, and and it's very Bowen. Yeah, I really like. So it. that's my number four. We're Great. moving on to three. All right, number three. But do you want to do your number three? Sure. And then okay. Ooh! Oh my God, singlets! Oh my God, I love this. Okay, what are? Can I say what we're looking at? Or no, you say what we're looking at. I love this. Are you recording? Yes, we're recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my number three is, um, it's actually a film still. Mm-hmm. No, it's a video still. It's a video still of a video by Matthew Frost, who directed it, but for a designer called Christian Cohen, Fall Winter 2021. And this is for, like this video was benefiting the Loveland Foundation. But in this video, Bowen Bowen teams up with another actress whose name I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But they're based. It's called a fashion thing. So this is a video still from a fashion thing. And in this video, Bowen wears Christian Cohen's purple. Would you say that's purple? Yes. Purple sequined pajamas. Yes. And this is so. This is number three, and for me, it's a tie because Bowen Yang also wore these this same outfit the the purple sequined pajamas super luxe in a (laughs) um in this w magazine spread earlier in the year that was styled by adrienne raquel so in in this w magazine spread bowen is wearing this pink glowy eyeshadow that is just stunning it's really really stunning so that's a tie Mm -hmm. but the video is hilarious and I chose this film still this video still of Bowen laying with his bottom on the rug <laughs> hands behind his back twirling the feet oh, all around it. and it's just it's adorable it's fun and that's a fashion moment right it's wearing something outrageous and mm-hmm. having fun doing it and I love the slippers the slippers are also sequined I love the slippers so much <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
ballroom. <laughs> that's what it's this amazing. is. <laughs> I love that. So that's my number three. Oh, that's awesome. I want to listen. I want to watch that. But that was that was to benefit the Loveland Foundation. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's like a short three minute video. Yeah. Well, to go into my number three, it actually is uh, a weekend update segment that Bowen did um, that was about the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes. Look, I'm just a comedian. I don't have the answers, but I'm not just looking for them online. I'm looking around me. The GoFundMe for Xiao Jinxie, the grandmother who fought back against her attacker, raised $900,000, which she immediately gave back to the community. That's where we are as Asians. Now come meet us there. In Mandarin, there's a cheer that goes, Jiayou, which basically means fuel up. I don't know what's helpful to say to everyone, but that's what I say to myself. Fuel up, do more. It's the year of the metal ox, which basically means a car. So everyone get in, buckle up. It's no pee breaks. We ride it on, grandmas. Yeah, so this was, this was, um, uh, um, after, yeah, around the time of that, of, of the year, um, after we had had, um, I do believe that this was after, um, uh, the, um, the murders in Atlanta, um, of the, um, of the, of the salon workers, um, but also after quite a few, um, awful incidences, um, one where mostly like elderly Asian people were being attacked in New York city in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, so, so Bowen, um, used this part of the segment because I think on weekend update Bowen is, um, there frequently, um, but wanted to use this, this segment as a way of responding to that. Um, this is also, um, around the time, I, I believe when they were, um, first moving back into the soundstage and, um, and filming these, um, uh, before audience, um, audiences were in. And the date of this, I think is March 27th of 2021. Um, but what, again, what I, really loved about this segment is that there is this is a very very painful and um uh kind of infuriating time um and 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 in in particular for bowen he does talk about how he's like i wish i didn't have to do this Mm -hmm. like i really wish um but i do do know that he felt obligated because um there aren't many asian american voices or uh, pacific island voices on snl and this is what happens when um it's just you when it's when you're the only one um and there's a uh but but for for this he definitely used this as a moment to also kind of i think vent about things were, that were happening to him in real life so it so the sketch kind of starts off with him um I think parodying activist voices on Instagram where um, he's like, oh yeah, so this, I'm going to amplify some, some activist voices that I've heard on Instagram. Um, so one of them uh, posted, um, let's see, um, six ways to contact your AAPI friends and tell them they're so hot. And they're like, wait, what? Is that really something that they are really posting it's like yeah um call your senators and demand that they know that the lesbian character about the lesbian characters on sailor moon um <laughs> and so kind of like paying like uh really playing with 
these grandiose proclamations that were happening on social media at the time, but also the fact that this is something that, that happens all the time, that this has, had, yeah. it has this been happening before these really high profile attacks. Um, but also that, um, you know, this is, uh, there, there is, there is daily racism mm-hmm. that, um, people of color have to deal with and not just these sensationalized moments where, um, you know, people with a lot of Instagram followers kind of use it as a way of, um, you know, like let's amplify voices and like, mm-hmm. well, let's, mm, okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's always amplify or let's always kind of be tuned in. Um, but for instance, there, there's a part of the sketch where I, it was clued into, oh, this is, this is general, but it's also personal. Um, where Colin Yost is the um, weekend update person who's asking Bowen and kind of like yes anding into the sketch where Bowen is like, yeah, call your senators and tell them uh, that they need to pay more attention to the lesbian characters on Sailor Moon. And Colin Yost is like, wait, so how is this helpful for all Asians? Mm-hmm. Which is a devastating question. In the, in the context of SNL, um, it is, of course, in jest, and, but it's a way of talking about, like, this isn't meant to be helpful for all Asians. This is, the, mm-hmm. Bowen Yang is just Bowen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bowen has his own experience, and it's very particular. He's an individual. He's not, um, uh, he's not just AAPI, or not even just that. Like, he's not a generic Asian person, and no one is generic. Um, and in particular, with these incidences, um, it's uh, and I can I can say as as a black person around the time when George Floyd died, where it's it's kind of like oh um, now people mostly white people care about these things that have been happening for centuries um, in a way that is amplified enough that uh, you know it warrants an SNL sketch or it warrants some mm-hmm. uh, perhaps like some legislation or it warrants something that's so in the in the zeitgeist that it becomes something that you know trends on TikTok for instance um, and so here Bowen like being very I think um, vulnerable with some exasperation, but also very controlled and crafted in in a in a sketch where um, he talks about he's like listen, uh, I I don't know how this can be helpful for all Asians I don't know and to all of you out there who think that I should find some common ground with a person who would in his words punch an Asian grandma like absolutely not because I have a grandma. And she is Asian. And if you want to punch her, then absolutely not. Like, lights out on that. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. That's it. Um, you deserve to be put under the ground or, or whatever. But um, he also says, he's like, I don't want any of my my white friends texting me being like, oh, my God, I cried during Minari. Oh, he's like, no, do more. Because mm-hmm. I sobbed into my boner for Stephen Ewan. Do more. And it's like, which is wonderful because you never hear about Stephen Ewan when – I will just say, in popular culture, never heard about Stephen Ewan. Um, I think, you know, shout out to Stephen Ewan, who's also the voice of the main character on uh, Invincible. But um, this is this is clued into, like, Bowen Yang finds Stephen Ewan hot <laughs> and really, really appreciated him being that movie, too, when everyone's talking about the grandma in Minari, who's also mm-hmm. amazing and phenomenal. Um, but there is also it's just like a coalescing in a way where he's like, I'm I'm a, an Asian man. I'm also a queer man. Mm-hmm. And um, that man is hot. Also speaking to, again, like this idea of of what's seen as being attractive or as being um, 
uh, of note or notable, um, uh, him him pointing out his attraction to another Asian man, I thought was really, really mm-hmm. amazing to put in there. Um, but also he's like, uh, why are you telling me that you all tipped your manicurists well? Uh, actually, tell me when you get on your knees and you scrub her her feet like do more love and so that, refra- that i love that like the frame of do more loved where that. he he kind of like eases us in to um into that idea in a way that's like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna queer this up and also point out your blind spots and also point to the the aggression of um probably probably a white person um texting him as if hmm. this is their way of of um uh, a signaling some type of solidarity mm-hmm. with him in terms of these things that are also um, um, in in the gesture um, are quite racist um, and but well meant mm-hmm. gestures of wa- of racism yeah um, and also for instance like my favorite moment of of um, of this which is in the clip I'm just gonna say it again where he's like I don't even want to be doing this segment like I want to do my character gay passover bunny right but <laughs> that was so good too smart for the show and i love it like colin yes is like too smart it was like 20 minutes long he's like colin you're scared you just don't want to do it <laughs> you're so good that was so good <laughs> um and he shouts out kim's convenience at the end oh i, I love that show uh, that show that show Oh, I that can't show watch is that my show. Li- okay. It's not my I life. I'm not it. Asian, but it's like yeah. the young girl who's into photography. The parents. It's just like so many parallels. Oh my god, to my life. So many parallels to my life, which is also why I can't watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's but it's it's also very different. You it's know, very it's, yeah. It's very like very I different. didn't grow up in Canada. Like yeah, there's a lot yeah. of things that I I don't relate to. Not yeah. Like things that are new to me, um, but just also totally relatable. I mean that. I, yeah, that that. Did yeah. you ever watch American Girl? No, I don't oh, think I did. Such a good show. Okay, I'm I'm gonna mention that in a second. So yeah, so I'll listeners, wait. this is what we what this is what we do all the time. Like, oh, what about this yeah, one? Like, what oh, about that? Oh, oh, oh. And usually, like, we sync up. We we like a lot of the same things. But yeah, that's my number. That's your number, that's three. number three. That is fantastic. Yeah. So wait, is it time for your number two or for my number? It's two? time for my number two. Okay. Okay. So my number. Number, number two. two. Number two. Number, number two, two is getting up there. I know. And um, again, like they're kind of floating around. This is kind of a, con- I think it's a controversial pick, uh, but it has a lot to do with um, how else I know Bo and Yang. But it's a Sarah Lee bread sketch. <laughs> <laughs> is this um, the work sketch? No. No. Oh, okay. Maybe I haven't seen this one. No, I don't think you've seen this one. Okay. Um, and it's the Sarah Lee Bread sketch. The um, the it's with, I believe it's with Cecily Strong, and the in the guest host who is at that time Harry Styles. Um, and the reason why it is number two, it's floating around again. It's not necessarily like the second best, but it's because this is where um they're using a the inside joke. Between oh. Bowen and Ego. <laughs> and what's Bowen wearing in this sketch? Bowen is wearing uh, a very generic suit. This is the one where there isn't anything like super fashiony about it. Um, I'm just slipping it in there because uh, they say, okay, so essentially the sketch is about the Sarah Lee 
Instagram, Sarah Lee bred Instagram account specifically. Hmm. Um, Harry Styles plays an employee who has taken over the Instagram account, but kind of is super inappropriate on it. It's not for work, not for work. Um, he's very moody, um, very much um, kind of like an emo type person who confesses way too much on Instagram. And uses the Instagram account to do that and also kind of stalks guys as well. So he stalks Nick Jonas, <laughs> leaves like a really inappropriate text message. Also stalks Julio Torres um, from uh, Los Spookies, if you guys uh, remember Los Spookies. Um, stalks him on there. And uh, the Instagram messages are inspired. Um, I do, I would like to believe that Ego had a lot to do with this as well. Yeah, uh, that's actually why we brought you in today, since we flagged some activity on the account that's been a little off message. Oh, I don't think so. Well, for example, why did Sarah Lee comment on this picture of Nick Jonas saying, wreck me daddy, and then comment again a month later with destroy me king? Uh, I see what happened. Um, I've been mixing up the Sarah Lee Instagram account with my personal Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we figured. And Sarah Lee has also been obsessed with this random guy with only 200 followers. Yeah, for him, Sarah Lee commented with a few eggplants, water drops, a train, and a ghost emoji. And that's a reference to... Getting railed to death, yes. <laughs> See, the worst part is this guy didn't even like Sarah Lee's comment, and that's really bad for the brain. Oh, I didn't notice. Well, I think you did, because three hours later, Sarah Lee commented, why no response? Again, really bad for the brand. Yeah, Nick Jonas won't like Sarah Lee's comment? Fine. But some random fashion twink? Yeah. Sarah Lee's feelings were hurt by that. It's okay, though. Well, the other component to this is you've been captioning the company's images with your own voice, too. Here's this one. So you should have written something like, Sarah Lee fact, our Texas toast is part of a delicious grilled cheese. But what Sarah Lee actually captioned was feeling really depressed after threesome. <laughs> what was supposed to be a fantasy ended up more rejection, must get rid of toxic in community. So King is the inside joke. King is what uh, Bowen and Ego scream at each other um, in their offices or in like backstage where their offices are. Okay. Um, and so whenever King shows up in a sketch, it it's an inside joke. But the last uh, the, the the comment that he left underneath the Instagram account for Julio Torres, who on the show was uh, his handle was Boy Story Two. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. I thought this was going to be way more about carbs. Oh, no, not at all. I think it's <laughs> so hilarious that it's the bread. It's Sarah Lee bread Instagram account. But no, no, apparently. But I do feel like that's also an inside joke about this because it was like a, it's a super, super gay account here, particularly. Okay. So for Julio Torres, with whom uh, the Harry Styles character is really Obsessed. into. Um, the, the note goes a little moody after being used. This is also like kind of X-rated. A little moody about being used. Why do guys freak out when I ask them to spit in my mouth? Need a real king that can handle 
it's 8 a.m. and have to go to hell job at Sarah Lee after this. A little in my head after another threesome. So that's also like <laughs> the mood of the entire sketch. And also how this kid is using the Sarah Lee Bread Instagram account. Wow. So they're in a meeting. Harry Styles is in a meeting with with Bowen and Cecily Strong. And they're just like, hey, guy, the, what's going on with the Instagram account? It's looking a little different <laughs> since you took over. What is this? Can you explain? And so, yeah, so that's essentially my number two. <laughs> That is pretty great. I don't think I know the sketch. I think I have to. Look it's a it deep up. cut, yeah. So, all right. Okay, number You're my number, number two. two. Yes. Okay. Right. So let me show you my number two. Here's the Yay. photo. And I'll talk about it while you look at it. Ooh! Oh Ooh. wow! Ooh wow! What? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't it though? Oh, this is nice. Isn't that I wonderful? I love the whole design of the this. Whole Even thing. the font with his name. The whole this is thing. crazy. I'm screaming. Look screaming. at that necklace. Look at that. Okay, what's this? What are we looking at? We so are looking sequence. at Wussy Magazine out of Atlanta. I love and this. 2021, it's pretty recent. Um, Bowen is photographed here for the cover and for an interior story. Photographed by Justin J. Wee. And in this photograph, Bowen Yang is wearing a tight, tight, a, a black tight tights dress, a hooded, well, is it a dress? Not really. It has tights. I mean, does it have tights? I don't see it. It, it looks like it could it. be a dress. Okay. So it's or, a dress. Or, or maybe a gown. But the most important thing is that it's a hooded garment. The garment is hooded. It's hooded in the shape of lips, red, glittery, sparkly lips, and Bowen's face is framed by these lips. Yeah. So I, this photo was my uh, number one for a long time. But then I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Let, let's just think about this a oh little bit. So it was my number two. Then. Yeah. And it's all about the neck. It's Look so. Look at that neck, the face, the gesture. Yeah. It's camp, but check the restraint. Gosh. It's, right? I mean, with the necklace. It's really little necklace. Oh yeah, he's wearing his earring. Yeah, I'm always looking for the earring. It's sort of like I think about this photo as like Bo and Yang quietly shooting out of a camp cannon, <laughs> you know, just streaking, you know, like the sky with like shine. But for me, it's sort of like it's Bone on a cover. Bone is fucking up the canon of comedy I by mean, making it personal. Yes, like making it personal, taking it personally. Meaning, like, again, not pretending, acknowledging Asian history, acknowledging how how Bone is moving through the world as opposed mm -hmm. to trying to fit into a mainstream discourse that has no room for him. No. I you know, so I think that it's really, I think that is really fucking up the comedy canon because he is making it personal. Oh, yeah. And totally. not backing down. And I think that is a contribution to yeah. any field when, when that happens. But I think... By not pretending to be ambivalent about real life experiences and using this cadence, this wonderful cadence that I really like. I like Bowen, Bowen Yang's cadence because at one point when I was younger, like teenage I had a cadence like this. It was beaten out of me <laughs> because it was just like not serious, not this, not yeah. that. It was, it was Femi. It was this. It was that. But I really like how, um, I don't know, it's just a very perfectly like audible 
hmm. cadence for me. So I really like the Bowen Yang TM cadence. <laughs> and so I think it's just this appropriately styled moment for someone like Bowen who mostly, I don't know, I just think it's such a perfect relationship between styling and personality. Yeah. And I think more and more, like what I love about this moment, and we're sort of living through these, like this, um, we're living through a lot of transitions. Mm. And I'm not someone who should be speaking on like global fashion transitions. I don't know, like that's not what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. But you know, just this month, after this cover was published, just this month, um, the creative director of Vogue Italia just uh, released their new their new issue, and it's Rihanna photographing herself and dressing herself and styling herself. And what that tells me, like I already know Rihanna is spectacular. I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. But we are, as a culture, I think we're becoming more and more interested on how creative people in the cultural conversation style themselves as opposed to who do they pay to style them, right? Yeah. So I think this is... I think this might be a post-pandemic transition that is, I'm sorry, a transition that is accelerated mm -hmm. by the post-pandemic where people have been making videos of themselves. Uh, I mean, Billy Porter styles themselves wonderfully yeah. without needing a stylist, right? Yeah. So does Rihanna, right? Does Bowen? Yes. This, this cover is styled by someone. This is not an example. But it's a really good example of how garment and personality seamlessly work yeah you yeah know, it's yet, yet another example of that for me and i think that because of that i think that is a good thing so because of what i just said about rihanna and bowen i think it trains us as a culture to look at fashion not like it's hanging on a hanger but what does it communicate and i think we forget that fashion is really meant yes to shield us from the elements mm -hmm. primarily but you know we're kind of we've been over that for some time um, yeah. Meaning we have a lot of options to choose from. Yeah. Um, so it really becomes about function and what that communicates about a person. How does somebody move through their day, their life, this and that? Yeah. I mean, and aside from like the tyranny of branding and like the exploitation of consumerism, mm -hmm. like looking at how people style themselves and how they how they think through how they style themselves yeah. is fascinating. And I think there's a lot to learn from there. Um, so yeah, this like hood dress, this hooded dress of sparkly lips, I thought was perfect for Bo and Yang. I mean, it, it also has this wonderful dissociation, uh, as well. Like it almost is, it's like this, this outfit is presenting Bowen to us mm. and, um, kind of like, you know, just sort of walk, like walking around with Bowen inside it, it, but a lot of that has to do with the calmness in his mm. face. But, and also I have to say, like, I would love to see Rihanna style herself because she's... Vogue Italia, current issue. Yeah, I'll, I'll, really, I'll look into that because I, I, was tr I was trying to think of other artists or other, um, you know, non... Or people who aren't associated with, um, with fashion that way. I think Rihanna definitely is associated with, with it because she's... Um, pageant such a girl taker yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i will never forget what she wore to the met gala when the theme was um they were doing a, a tribute to comme de garçon and she seemed to be the one of the very few people who really took that risk hmm. and actually showed up 
um, not thinking of clothes as this, um, like, you know, how, how celebrities would traditionally look at a red carpet moment, but truly in the spirit of the avant-garde and, um, and thinking of, of the, what you're saying about the Vogue Italia, like, I don't think I've ever really thought about her agency in that. I've, I really have thought about it as more like a collaboration or perhaps she's just game for what her stylists bring to her, but you also have to be game for that. She's a businesswoman. And she that sensibility is, comes from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think she's really, really smart. Oh yeah. yeah. Like a super smart business person. Yes. I, I yeah. love Rihanna. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for oh number my God. one. Yay. Okay. Number one. Uh, yeah. That's my number one. I'm so glad you chose this one. It's goes so well with my number one. Really? Uh, yes. Number one. Oh my god! So we're looking at a photo of Bone Yang, of course, because Aww. it's Bone Yang's top five <laughs> moments in fashion, in, in fashion and yeah. media. And Renez is doing Bone Yang's top five moments of fashion in SNL. SNL. Mm-hmm. But the, my number one is a photograph also taken by Justin J. Wee. And. It's a photograph that was published in Huffington Post this year in 2021. And I chose, okay, so I'm going to describe this photo. Okay. It is Bone Yang smiling, a comfortable, happy, I love my person, I love myself smile. Glasses, a beautiful blue. I thought you would like this blue. Yeah, actually, I love this blue. I love that blue. Um, a beautiful blue button down shirt. It looks like a heavy threaded cotton blue shirt. This is taken somewhere non-urban, like mm-hmm. somewhere near the beach, probably somewhere near New York. I don't know, but somewhere non-urban. And Boeing is holding up this white fabric. And I picked this moment because it is pure joy. It's very joyous. Mm-hmm. So Bowen is in the sun. Bowen is feeling Bowen somewhere and swooshing fabric around in the wind. And that is the higher power of fashion for me, right? It's a feeling that lasts long after the moment is gone. Yeah. Like that's the higher power of fashion is like, you know, it's just, it lives beyond the moment. Yeah. You know, after you've worn it, worked it, you know, done your frills in the wind with it at the edge of a cliff. I don't know. It, that feeling will live and it will inspire you. So that's why that is my number one fashion moment for Bowen. Yeah. No, this and is I also think, just I, a really I think wonderful Bowen photograph. Bowen looks great. So comfortable. Yeah. Just comfortable and happy. And, and we like we like seeing Bowen comfortable and happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, because the other the other photo that you, sh- that you showed before. Oh, it's from the same photo shoot. Yeah, I, I had a visceral reaction to that. What do you think about it? Do I wanna, love it. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. This I, was my first number one, but then I thought, eyes closed, maybe eyes, maybe the smile is like more charismatic. I mean, they're both charismatic, yeah. but. They're both really nice images. Yeah, the photographer, I like this photographer yeah. a lot. And I and and that's something that I, th- you know, as uh, us as photographers and also who sometimes have to begrudgingly have our photos taken, um, I I mean, for me, I don't like, I don't, I'm so bad. <laughs> I am, I'm yeah. a really bad 
subject for portraits. I, really I think I'm going to give you competition on that because okay. I'm, I'm always like, yeah. and I'm always thinking about like, how's the lighting? How's yeah. the lighting over there? How's it's the lighting like, over oh. here? Wait, this looks different. Yeah. You know, so, but. It's even, yeah, it's, oh gosh. You know when I video. look good in pictures is when basically gay male photographers of the bear persuasion photograph me. Oh. Chubby. Oh yeah. Chubby ones. Yes. Yeah. And you know I, both of who I'm talking about. I, but do I, do I do I? Yes, we'll talk about I know it off one. Pod. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about it. You do know. You do know. But I I was thinking about that because a part of that is feeling comfortable uh yeah. with these particular people and I could tell this is this is a very so Bowen has his eye closed, his eyes closed. Um, there also um, is something in between um, the camera and and Bowen. There's just something in the in the mid. It's like reeds. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the aperture is open. Yeah. So it's, it's like way open. Yeah. The depth of field is. It's really. It feels intimate in that sense, even though there's something obscuring and something yeah. kind of in in between the planes there. But also to be able to take a photo like this, um, I can feel like there is a wonderful relationship between the photographer and Bowen. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know I would the, never the assume that. I mean, I, one would think, but one never knows. Yeah, you right? don't, and don't really know. Maybe there was a good relationship here and then right. something happened later. You know, you But never thinking know. about how my experience taking photographs and looking at that, I just, yeah, the, the it just feels very comfortable to me. It feels very freeing. Yeah. You know what? And free of like, free of like perceptions worry yeah. like so much so much about getting photographed is yeah. like um how is this going to be perceived am i going to look like this am i going to look angry am i lo like for example i always look so serious on my photos yeah because i'm nervous i'm often nervous mm -hmm. so i think to be so free of self-perception yeah um you know, it's a hard place to get to when you're in front of... Well, for us. I know for, for photographers like us, yes. Um, and Bowen, I think, here looks really, really comfortable with himself. So... Yeah. Something we like to see. But again, um, it's the feeling. That's my top yeah. fashion m moment picture because of the feeling, the feeling that fashion gives us. Yeah. The feeling that fashion allows us to embody that outlasts the moment that we wear the thing, the yeah. thing itself. Yeah. I really, really... I, yeah, I totally agree. I agree with that. It makes me happy just saying that. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose that as your number one. Are you? Because I feel like number two... Could have been a number one. It could have been. But the reason why you chose it as number one, I really like that. Oh, I, thanks. It, says, it, it actually helps me understand. Um, I feel like I'm, I always learn about fashion from you. So oh. that's that's a really like helpful oh. thing. Because I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is something that's really important about fashion. The feeling mm, of it. The feeling of so, it. For me, it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I also realized that... Uh, but it's why people buy what they buy, right? Yeah. Not always. I'll say it's, I've, I'm learning to do that. Yeah. I personally am learning how to do that. But I, I'm really... In, that's another thing about being in New York a little bit more now. Um, and actually missing that. Because, you know, I, like, I've been living here for quite some time. And it's just been really nice to kind of see what people are wearing and how people are going outside. And, and, it's, and that's another thing about seeing these trends of like the same similar things that, that, that people are wearing. 
but also the comfort in this new style as well hmm. that I, ha- I, f- I really do feel like it has a lot to do with how we've been feeling and how hmm. we've been coping, that it's sort hmm. of done this, um, this interesting meld right now. But yeah. yeah, it has like allowed us time to, well, some of us, hmm. um, or s- time to sort of reduce things to like, you know, the bare necessities of it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But now I'm like, what's your number one? Or no, my number one. Your number one. No, because I, I realized that I've been leaving out the fashion because I'm really just really into. And I actually took out some fashion moments because I didn't like the sketch as much. So that's why it was really, this was really hard for me. Um, so this one definitely, though, number one as my favorite sketch and also number one in terms of the outfit that Bo- that Bowen is, is wearing. Because one of the things that I think is exceptional about Bowen is that he's a really wonderful physical comedian in very subtle ways, but also sometimes with sometimes what, what he's wearing kind of overshadows hmm. even more of Bowen in, in the, the sketch. And so there's like one sketch that I took out that um, what he's wearing is phenomenal, but it, it also kind of like overpowers like his performance. Anyway. I think I may know the one. Okay, I, I would love to know if you if you think it's this one. But my number one is uh, the Iceberg ta- Titanic sketch. It is. It is number one. Okay, so tell me what was more what was more overpowering than that? Sending drinks. Sending drinks. Have you seen that one? It's a sketch with Keegan Michael Key when Keegan Michael Key, Michael Key was the uh, um, was was the the guest host. And it's basically um, A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon, who are these two ladies. I love them both. Yeah, I love them. And when they're together, okay. This is a sorry, a side note too. I also really like (laughs) SNL. But when they write together, sometimes their sketches fall so flat. But I love them because they're clearly inside jokes, which is also what I love about Ego, Modem, and Bowen Yang, Hmm. that they have their inside jokes and then these two have their inside jokes. Um, But with this one, um, A.D. Bryant and uh, Kate McKinnon play two single women who are with one another kind of talking about like, oh, my God, like we're coming out of the pandemic and we have to date again. Like, what is this? What's going on? And they get sent drinks um, and increasingly ridiculous things from two men from the other side of the bar. And one of them is Bo and Yang. (laughs) And the other one is Keegan Michael Key. And they're both dressed in uh, mohair suits. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge jackets, like furry Muppet jackets. And, um, they're both wearing bucket caps, snakeskin. Um, Bo's wearing a snakeskin bucket cap. And, uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. It's really comedic. But I don't the the outfit is funny by itself, but um I but it kind of also like overshadows whatever. See, good job. That's doing. not a fa- that doesn't sound like a fashion moment. That's a clown moment in a way. Yeah, it is. But I think it's I think I thought of it as a fashion moment because it also I think is referencing another thing that's happening with with like bucket caps are back in. Oh. And um and I think the mohair and actually that is out. Like it's hmm. that's a thing that I think was pre-pandemic, hmm. but the bucket cap right now is post-pandemic. I, I'm still trolling eBay for like like a big fluffy pink glittery. Oh, you are jacket. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe just, now's the hey, time. Well, maybe it's on there now because people are just like people well, are getting that's rid of it. This is my time. My time to strike. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so um, yeah, so I got I got rid of that, and and that oh, was good, my good job. So thank you, Patricia. Fashion moment. I by the way, I love the iceberg sketch. I love, I love the iceberg sketch. It ticks let's talk so fashion. many boxes. Okay, Go. let's talk fashion. So the iceberg sketch. Um, just to kind of give you guys an introduction, if you haven't seen this sketch, um, um, here is my favorite clip of it. Next week marks the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Here to explain his side of the story is the iceberg that sank the Titanic. Hi, Colin. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is always a really weird time of year for me. Well, thank you for being here. And just tell us, what was going through your head that fateful night? Thank you for that question. Um, you, you know what, Colin? That was a really long time ago. Um, I've done a lot of reflecting to try and move past it. It's one very small part of me, but there's so much going on beneath the surface that you can't see. Right, yeah, like an iceberg. Yeah. Now, what would you say, though, to the families of those who perished in the cold North Atlantic waters that night? Okay, no, these are not the questions we discussed. Okay, this is very nice, Colin. Well, what's not nice? Sorry, I just, um, I think my publicist was very clear. I'm not here to talk about the sinking. Okay, well, what else would we be talking about? I'm here to promote my album. What Bowen is wearing is um, an iceberg wig. That's what this is. It's an iceberg. It's a wig that is an iceberg. He's also got on his face blue foundation mm. um, and an ocean blue turtleneck that also is kind of um, what ties it together is a very um, like an ice white blazer that has sequence on the lapel and sequence kind of like sprinkled throughout it um so bowen is playing the iceberg um it is the anniversary of the uh, around the time that this was um uh mm -hmm. posted so what what date was this it was around april 12th or april 10th um 2021 and the titanic sank april 14th 15th 1912 so um so bowen is playing the iceberg who is who has been summoned or is, or is actually using this <laughs> this commemorative week of the sinking of the titanic um not to talk about the sinking of the titanic he doesn't want to talk about the sinking what bowen yang the iceberg wants to talk about is his album he's on an album tour he's promoting his album and the name of the album is music that is the name of the album and so what i I, what was that? Did that, you that might have been my mobile. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh my God! I thought it was like <laughs> like what instrument is it? No, it's totally fine. I was like, oh my God. Sorry, is there, it's like, my an like outside. I no, it's like <laughs> my like UFO sound. Okay, yeah, but um, so yeah, so so the the joke is that um, Bowen we're Bowen is is causing us to empathize. With this with iceberg. The, which is easy during climate change. Oh, my God. Right? And Seriously? I thought that's why it was so smart. The timing of this. Not, I didn't even know about the anniversary of the Titanic. Yeah. I, I didn't was, think about climate change. I but thought yes. about climate change. Like, yes. yes, let's make the glacier the oh protagonist, gosh. the center of a story that has to do with empathy, that has mm -hmm. to do with restructuring 
deconstructing the power dynamics of yes. that event. Oh my God. It was, it's so smart. It's so good, but also done in this really, um, tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek, but also kind of, uh, Oh gosh, what is, what is the, the way to describe it? Kind of like, um, really emphatic, super entitled and, um, kind of, kind of like, a, like a bratty sort of way, but so right. I Everything was, he's I saying was, is I super right. majestic. And you know what? Oh, Interesting. It felt majestic to me in the way that nature is majestic. Those icebergs are phenomenally majestic. Yeah. So I yeah. felt like it was appropriate. I thought that, like, like, like yeah, yeah, realness was very appropriate. Yeah. Because it's an. See, for me, that's not appropriate for a human. That's appropriate for an iceberg. <laughs> well, I thought I think it's appropriate. Well, okay. Well, this, for like, instance, like this is the line that that um uh, you know to that, be like that, that entitled for an iceberg. Okay, right. For a human, not so much. I mean, because but because like they're talking about where he's like Colin. I don't again. It's Colin Yost. So this is a weekend update <laughs> segment. So Colin Yost is there again, um, which which I love because they rag on Colin Yost as the white guy, and it's it's so fun. But anyway, but Colin is just like. Hey, so I mean, but but uh, you know, it is the anniversary. He's like, "Are we really going to talk about this?" Okay, let's go. Okay, listen, they bumped into me, all right, and I say, "I'm sorry," which is insane. Which is like such a great line because it's something that happens in real life where yeah. uh, the person who well, is, certain people are habituated to just apologize yes, for existing. Yes, exactly. So when it's the other person's fault, and then yeah. which also I also. Um, um, I think is um, I've mostly experienced this as a gendered thing where um, I I don't really say sorry a lot, but I, a lot of my, I, I do have some friends who say sorry way too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's what I loved about this thing here. It's like they bumped into me and, and I said, I'm sorry, which is insane. But it's one of those things so where good. I'm like, it's so, so good. It's and so then good. what he, what he does is he pulls in, of course, like the tropes or not the tropes, but scenes that we uh are probably very familiar with that are directly from the movie titanic which i haven't <laughs> seen <laughs> what oh my god i've you never had an interest totally fine but i should i should see it yeah. I guess, especially now that i mean i remember it would, you know we don't have to well especially now there, that but. you know i don't think that i i doubt the iceberg makes a cameo in the movie is that even in the movie i mean yeah the iceberg oh, is. is in the movie okay it is it's a my God, super expensive movie. Everything is in that movie. Yeah. So, and who knows? And I think that's a, actually a good point because one of the lines that he goes like, yeah. And I, and then they're like playing the violin and yelling. And then there's like the scene of the old people laying on the bed, waiting to die. And who knows that movie was so freaking expensive that that probably was true. They probably researched the crap out of this and was like, this actually yeah. happened. I'm pretty sure anyway. Yeah. But, um, but what I love is that, the iceberg didn't show up to talk about the sinking. He's not wearing this fabulous sequined icy white blazer mm-hmm. for uh, to talk about this tragedy that he had nothing to do with. Apparently, you know, like nothing to do with it was the water that drowned them people, like not the iceberg. Yeah. And also, uh, you built a bad boat. Essentially, you built a bad boat. That's not the iceberg's fault. But he really wants to promote the album, and he's very proud of it. It's 12 tracks, no skips, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. And he gets up, and what I this is the thing that I that I also chose this as my number one, which I want Bowen to do in every sketch, even if it makes no sense. It's just like rub his hands all over his body. <laughs> That's just what I lo- I love it when he does that, especially when it makes no <laughs> no sense. 
That sounds great. But he's promoting an album. The Iceberg is promoting an album, and it's amazing. And uh, uh, it's got to perform it, and got to feel it out, and got to do it, and and sell this freaking album. And that it's called music. It's called music. I wonder if that's a Madonna reference. Music, music. Oh my because God. she also wore this white blazer music. on the cover. On the cover. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, maybe, is. maybe. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I mean, if if anybody knows that Ma- that Madonna has an album called Music, it's Boney Yeah, you know, yeah, not my favorite song on that album. Oh, but it's one of her uh, like reinvention albums. Like yeah. she was just like, yeah, another yeah, one. one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it's also <laughs> something very Scandinavian to just be plain. Like, my music album is called music because it's music. music. My art show is called art because it's about art. <laughs> you know, it's just like no theater of, like no theatrics of pretense. Yeah, you know? and no seasoning. Which I appreciate. We okay, did so it. that's my number one. We did it. Yay. So, readers, um, that, that was, I mean, we still have more to say. I mean, right? do you want to talk about Bonjour High? Bonjour High! Welcome to Bonjour High, the French-Canadian morning news show live from Montreal. Montreal, the best parts of Canada and the worst parts of France. <laughs> my name is Jean Laurence, or John Larry. And as always, I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Anne-Marie. Hey, bonjour, Jean. Bonjour, hi. Now we do the banter. How was your weekend? Uh, well, bon, uh, I suffer an injury when I make love to a Cirque du Soleil performer. <laughs> I choke on the big scarf. You're always doing this. I wait, but I went to l'hôpital for surgery, which was free, of course. And so is my new scarf. Oh, très pretty. And today we have... I love how, again, the fashion tells the story for both yes. of the main characters, which is Bon Yang and the co-host who I don't know. Um, Kate McKinnon, Thank who you. I think is like Anne-Marie or something. Yeah, Anne-Marie. They all have like fake French names. Yeah, and I love, again, the suiting that Bowen Yang is wearing is sort of like this modern take on like a traditional authority suit, like the mm-hmm. three-piece suit. Yep. But it's like toned down a little, so it's perfect for this sketch. Yeah. Right, in the sense that because this host, this character, is still, it's very, it's a very authoritarian character. It's like, no, that's not your name. Like I said, Jean-François, or wait, Jean-François, no. Wait, no, no, no. no. Yeah, because there's um, like a, there's an American journalist there who got trapped in Canada because of the lockdown. His name is Fred. Fred. But. Bowen calls. Jean-Fred. Jean-Fred. And then Jean-Fred Desjardins. Right. <laughs> they keep adding Fred. So Fred says, no, that's not my name. My name is just Fred. And, Bo- and the Bowen's character um, says, or Jean Laurence says, the host Jean Laurence, a.k.a. Bowen Yang, says, yeah. that's what I said, Jean-Fred. Jean-Fred. <laughs> Jean-Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But again, and then Kate McKinnon's character has this, like, outfit of, like, perfectly agreeable, femified tropes. And there's a whole segment about you her know. scarf. There's a whole or segment. She's, yeah, about she's like, oh, scarf. you know, and the I, traffic uh, report segment. The traffic, yeah. She's like, scarf. oh, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I had a date with this person from this from Cirque du Soleil, and and then uh, I found the scarf, <laughs> scarf. She says scarf. But yeah, um, also this this whole sketch is just rife with disrespectful Canadian jokes. <laughs> I'm not sure. You think they're disrespectful? So we should explain bonjour. Oh, I, oh yes, we should say we, we'll explain Why, it. Okay, like, I don't. 
I don't, and I don't mean disrespectful. I'm being facetious when I say disrespectful. I think it's, uh, they're, they're cramming in a lot of, um, like cliche, like very cliche things about, um, about Canada. But I also think that there's a little well, bit of a specific, translation. It's specifically very Quebec. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because but there, there's also like a general, that's where Issa Rae comes in. Issa Rae is like the general Canadian segment, which is mostly about Drake. Where is Drake? Did anyone see Drake? Drake watch. Right. Yeah. So that was like, that's like the, the, the generic Canadian slant. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So do you know why it's called Bonjour High? Yes. Okay. I do. Yeah. Do you want to say why? Sure. Yeah. Because in Quebec, for a time, people thought that you should say bonjour, hi, because you didn't know if the person who was coming was Quebecois, you know, former French colony, and mm-hmm. then also like British invasion mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And only like, spoke English. And only spoke English. Yeah, yeah. So, but people got very upset. They thought, no, bonjour, hi, you say bonjour. You don't mm-hmm. say bonjour, hi, you say bonjour, right? So the idea of having a show that's bonjour, hi, to me is hilarious but also really pointed at a lack of unity there mm-hmm. that already exists right and people got upset about this catch right quebecois people got upset and thought this was disrespectful yeah yeah and i think you've kept up with this more than me well Do you want to well I, and I'll, I'll just say that um i i don't know about the controversy but i do for instance like, like i've i've been to Montreal once. Me too. Um, and I love that at the beginning. There, it's 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 amazing. He says in the sketch Montreal and Montreal, like he's like Montreal because it's it's a whole big thing about how you know pronounce it because Montreal, whatever. But um, when we went there, that's how we were greeted with Bonjour High mm-hmm. everywhere. And I thought it it was so common. And I was like, is this law? Like, mm. are they legally required to tell us yeah. bonjour high whenever we go in? And I, I like briefly got away with just uh, just French once, and then um, later on I was like, oh, by the way, like I'm like I, I don't really speak a lot of French. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm practicing. But it was hard to practice in Montreal because everyone is fluent in well, actually, everyone that we encountered mm. was fluent in French and English. And then I was with a huge group of, of women and most of them did not speak French. I was the only person who did. And so I, we could never get them to say anything beyond bonjour high in mm. French. And so with this, I'm just like, but that's, yeah, but, but, but language in, in Canada, um, is something that's, that's very rife, especially in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't really and expect Montreal for it. Too. Oh yeah. Like, like I knew, um, I, well, this chef doesn't live it anymore, but this chef was an English-speaking chef mm-hmm. and needed, didn't speak French, had to take French lessons to get a job. Yeah. To, to be a chef, like yes. to work in this particular restaurant. Oh, so yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. But people were upset, thought it was disrespectful. I love how white Canadians get upset that, oh, well, these like little minute things are off. This is very misrepresenting to us. Because, oh, uh, and, and when I use uh, the word disrespect, I mean, uh, um, like, uh, oh gosh, there's a word. This is um, a love letter. Un, uh, sort of like how um, Monty Python is sort of disrespectful to England. Mm. You know, it's it's like, you. De- it's a deep, there's a deep knowledge mm-hmm. of, both Canadian culture, but I think also American culture, because in a way it felt like kind of just dis- like, oh gosh, there's, I need to be using a different word for that, but kind of mm-hmm. like very 
like making like poking fun at what we might know as what's what's Canadian, right? And also poking fun at the things that I think Canadians are also like very proud of as well. But choosing just the most um, most popular things that would cross over, like Cirque du Soleil, and Drake. then. Or, Drake. Or track. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kept repeating the name of the airport. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah. is like the, the like one of their old prime ministers whose name is on everything. Yeah. And there's a whole segment where they just say his name over and over and over again. Um, and that to me was like also like a deep understanding of Quebec and, and living there and what that's about because it that was more Canadian than it was like for us. That was yeah. not for Americans. It was that's that was a Canadian sketch. But I thought this was such a love letter about like the quirks of Quebec. Yes. Right. For me, this is like, yeah, like it's a love letter to your culture yes. in its own way. I, I mean, of course, I'm not from Quebec or Montreal or Canada, so it's not my place to say, but come on. How interesting. I, mean, I think the sketch with like, and that's the way it is. Celine Dion. That's the way it is. Because, you like, know. you know, as, and, and it's facetious. Of course, we're not going to expect a, a, news, a, a morning a, news a show morning, to end like that. You don't have to end with Celine Dion, but we're okay with it. Yeah. I think everyone's fine with it. And, of course, you know, it's like, hey, I know that Bonyang Yang really loves Celine Dion. I think right, she's right. just objectively really important. So important. And someone I, and I do think that people from Quebec are really proud of. Yeah. That she's. I mean, even from Switzerland, people are proud because that's because Celine Dion won Eurovision one year, but as part of Switzerland, not um, you know because otherwise she couldn't compete. So even people in Switzerland love Celine Dion. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so I just think it's interesting that people get upset, like, oh, there's you lost all the specificity in critiquing our culture. Meanwhile, there's a lot of specificity in how just white North American culture mm-hmm. will address other cultures. Exactly. Right? Everybody else gets painted with a broad brush. Yeah. But and the also, minute you make fun of Quebecois, then it's like, oh, that's not specific to our accent. I know. And they hate it when, I know for a fact, like Canadians do not like it generally. Like, not all Canadians generalizing, but I'm pretty sure most Canadians are really upset when SNL has like a generic Canadian sketch and there are no Canadians writing for it. And it, that's disrespectful. I think still think it's kind of funny and hilarious, but like I can see where that can feel a little bit of a slight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but not here, this. This, is, no, this is a love letter. Absolutely not. And I'm sorry, resident. Like, having Issa Rae at on the the CN Tower looking for Drake because he went there once. Hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, and I I just I think it's amazing, and also you know following around um, you know people who might have looked like Drake but weren't Drake, and having that be like. News. Breaking news. It's right. breaking news. It's funny. It's super important. But yeah. I think this is also a critique of the the news, like the 24-hour news cycle where yeah. you're just constantly kind of like made to be attentive to things that ultimately don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So this is what we're living through. Yeah. Everywhere. But. Bonjour. <sighs> this is really the clip that made, because I, I called you up and I was like, bonjour, hi. And you're like, <laughs> I love that. I love that clip. And then we figured out that we both liked not just this clip, but we liked but Bowen. Jean Laurence or Jean Larry. <laughs> so funny. God. Again, it's the so intonation, good. the cadence, the presence. It's so, so good. 
So you know what? I'm also really fascinated by somebody else. So Bo and Yang is, is like younger than me. I don't mm-hmm. know by how much, but uh, so a little bit younger than me. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we're both like strange. Well, not really, but um, I was going to say we're both like strange little time travelers in a way, but I, f- I realized that that's actually not correct. Um, not for reasons of gravity, but for reasons <laughs> of experience. That's where I was going with that. But I really relate to Bowen's story mm-hmm. and to Bowen as a performer and with like the the issues that Bowen raises. Like I relate to Bowen. I'm sort of struck by how much like we have in common a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like we both immigrated to the US at similar ages. We both moved around a lot by the time we were 15. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Yeah. Um, one of Bowen's parents actually grew up in like a rural, like economically abandoned area. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowen is of Chinese heritage. I'm not of Chinese heritage or Asian heritage, but my family grew up like that mm-hmm. as well. No, this is just one of Bowen, Bowen's parents, not both. Yeah. Um, we lived through, th- like we, like our parents have lived through things mm-hmm. that we have not lived through, mm-hmm. but we know like, it's like in our psyche as well. Yeah. In a way. It's been transferred to us. Mm-hmm. That's something. And uh, we both grew up in households where culture was not a value. Right? My parents did not watch American movies. I did not grow up watching SNL. Mm-hmm. I grew up begging my parents to like, Twin Peaks is on. Please let me watch it. Turn off the CNN. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. sort of like my parent, my family's idea of culture was like news. And, I mean, I actually don't dislike that, but it was only that. Yeah. And um, and the show American Girl, which I really liked when it was on. Mm-hmm. Or I might have seen, like, the reruns, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, we also both grew up in households that did not understand or want to understand our queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Bowen has been open about, like, having been put in conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. That did not happen to me. I actually just shut down kept it to myself, said nothing. Like, I was just like, boom. This door is going to be closed to my parents. But, you know, Bowen has had a much harder time than that. I don't relate to that aspect, but we both grew up in these households where, in immigrant households, where queerness was this, it's a big stake in that. Yeah. You know? And we both love Margaret Cho. Oh, yeah. And, And this is where the show American Girl comes in. I watched American Girl... I just thought it was this amazing show that I could relate to, relate to at the time. Oh, I did watch American Girl. Uh, Margaret, that was Margaret's show. It wasn't show. on for very long. No, it was not on. It was yeah. like maybe like 15, 20 episodes one season. Yeah, but yeah. I loved that show. And then later I was like, oh, she's a comedian. And she's an out by comedian. Yeah, yeah. Right? And me as like a, well, now, but like as an out by person in the 90s. Yeah. Having Margaret Cho as an out by icon in the 90s was really meaningful for me. Yeah. And I know Bowen has their reasons for liking Margaret Cho. I don't know what they are, but I also love Margaret Cho. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's where the show American Girl comes in, which yeah. I really, really loved. And I feel like it should be re- like you can't even find it on DVD. Like I mean, I've, 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 I've heard so I've, I've I don't think I've heard Bowen talk about that show, but I've heard. Of I don't think he has. I mean, if he has, I don't know. But no, I no. But that show came up in a conversation, I think, with Margaret Cho, though, talking with um, another comedian that I love, Nicole Byer. Um, oh. And and, but also, but in another iteration as well, like that show was incredibly influential. 
and I haven't seen that show since it was on the air. Like I watched it. Yeah, when me it was too. On the air, me too. And I haven't seen it since. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And yeah, there's been yeah, but Margaret Cho has been such a powerhouse to grow up with. Yes. As a queer person. Yeah. And and that's something I haven't taken for granted. Yeah. I love that tie there and those associations because there's something about Bowen and I've talked to you off podcast about this episode in particular. There's an episode of the podcast that he's on, uh, Las Culturistas, where he's talking about his time at Pride. So he mm. he lives in New York and I think um, uh, had had a friend come in town uh, or, or I don't know where he went. I think he might have gone to L.A.'s Pride. I can't remember which Pride it was. But um, – had to deal for the first time with being recognized at Pride mm. and how hard that was. And there was a wonderful honesty to um, just his, his um, well, actually, like the, uh, there's a tension and, and a grappling with what's happening to him right now mm. in terms of visibility and, um, you know, because he was on, Nora's from Queen and Queens, but now he's on SNL. That's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Um, and you know, last year Pride was essentially virtual and and kind of canceled. So a lot has happened in his career in the past two years that going and and not really being able to associate with people in an authentic way mm-hmm. really really did a number on him. And for him to talk about authenticity, he didn't use these words and mm-hmm. I think he was sort of talking out loud and figuring things out as we was going along because he felt really badly mm-hmm. for not having more patience for people constantly coming up to him being like, "Oh my god, you're so amazing." Oh my yeah. god. He kept thinking like, "I don't know you." Yeah. And you don't know me. Yeah. And what is this? Like, what is this? Yeah. And I wish that we could sit and have a conversation where you could actually tell me why you like me so much because you don't know me. Like, you see me on SNL, but you don't know who I am and what I've been through and what I've and all the work that I put in. Like, there, the hearing him talk about the uh, the struggle with people only getting a slice of him and thinking that's all of him yeah. was just really, really wonderful to hear. Because, um, you know, yeah, the, I think hearing someone like him struggle with and, and really dealing a lot with this authenticity, um, but at the same time, I want to reach through my iPhone and just be like, you don't have to apologize for that. Yeah. You don't have to apologize for that. It's totally fine. I was really proud. I heard the episode. Yeah. And I was really proud of like, good for you, Bowen, to yes. not live in fear of some kind of social media backlash. And oh, again, yeah. I'm saying this, but like, Bowen just existing yeah. ha- is, has produced a social media backlash yes. founded on racism and oh, yeah. in a, all kinds of inappropriate stuff. Yeah. So, but I feel like protect your spirit. And I think this is exactly like th- this story was so like vulture culture. Yes. You know, yeah. people like just attaching themselves to you because of what they can get out of you. And that is very sad. Yeah. You know, I'm nowhere near the level of Bowen in terms of like cultural recognition, you know. Um, But in the last couple of years, I had someone come close to me. I thought we were going to work well together. And that person was completely extractive. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. This person is a professional. Mm -hmm. Okay. A Mm -hmm. professional. When I say professional, 
I mean a professional faker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? In terms of work, highly unprofessional. Yeah. But in terms of presenting as such, like yeah. somebody who's used to doing this a lot, like grifter style. And yes. that was like, oh my God. Because I think we're in sort of that arena we're, oh. we're not in hollywood we're not no we're not actors. but we're doing things doing we're making things, things happen for ourselves yeah and, and also producing things that most likely will be public in some kind of way and but also at at the heart of that and i and, and, and i um and i hearing a little bit of how you t- how you uh relate to bowen's background i think there's something about your backgrounds that make you sensitive and mm. also uh I, I find I don't know Bowen like that's uh, that's yeah, another thing I, I love yeah. about that that rant I'm like I would never think that I knew you Me neither. but that's also because I think I can now also empathize with that as well because uh, you know uh authenticity is very important to me and, and it's important to us but I, that that I think that also leaves you open to those types of people it's like the arena that you work in um, so the type of career that you've chosen and the type of industry that you're in mm-hmm. kind of attracts those personalities. But I think also a deep sensitivity um, also attracts those personalities as well. Yeah. So yeah. that made me think about that. Uh, you when know. In the episode when Bowen said, oh, my God, who am I letting in? Yeah. I like shuddered. Yeah. Because I was like, I was there. Yes. <laughs> I let somebody in and I regretted it. And you yeah. know what? Hashtag never again. Oh, like it yeah. was a bit, I need to only learn that lesson once, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it really surprised me and I spent a lot of time even in therapy talking about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I because talk about it all the time. <laughs> that was like, oh, like reality shifting. Yes. Right? And again, I think people, I don't know. I think that, so to demand authenticity from culture mm-hmm. go Bowen don't, yeah. don't ever apologize yeah for demanding authenticity from anything yes because guess what camp is authentic comedy is authentic yeah right authenticity has many shapes it's a it's a multifaceted spectrum right it is not only evidence mm-hmm. that is authentic mm-hmm. right so I think that yeah Good on Bowen. Like, don't be afraid of any backlash. Protect your spirit. Demand more authenticity and more integrity. Yes. We should all be demanding more integrity from everybody around us. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and and reciprocity. Because this is another thing that came up during that podcast was that, who the hell are you? Why am I the marshal of fun? Right? Yes. Like, which broke my heart having been in that situation. I mean, not, not in the same level as Bowen, but like having people come at you for things and you're like, you make a decision too, yes. right? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. And as I think you and I, as like what people have termed as bossy older sisters, <laughs> like we ha- we're used to taking the lead. We're yes. used to being protectors. Mm-hmm. We're used to having to like stand up and like Yeah, we were <laughs> put things. in charge at very young ages. Yeah. <laughs> so. so like that's just us, yeah. right? Yeah. And so learning how to like, okay, who's riding that wave that's not reciprocating? Yeah. Right? So I think that, yeah, I felt anyway. I'm yeah, we, I mean, yeah. We obviously <laughs> we could go on forever. We could about but you Bowen, know what? but we, we're not. We did this. Yeah, I loved your top five. Oh, I loved your top five. I loved you. you did a really good job pulling Thank fashion you, from the sketches. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Like, I mean, I, you know, and also I've never heard of Wussy Magazine. I've never heard of that magazine before. So this is really nice to be like, oh, that that's an article that I can like find and 
Can I find it? I think you can find it. It's mo- you have to subscribe to it. Or subscribe to it, and then, you know, like... But it's, it's online. It, people can find it. I'm sure they have an Instagram account. I should okay. look at it. I should follow it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, listeners, uh, if you <laughs> love or kind of like Bo and Yang... <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> love is a big word. But, like, yeah, let's, let us know any of your thoughts. Or also, if you want to add anything, I would love to hear oh, if you guys yes. have any additional fashion moments from Bo and that you've noticed. And also, especially SNL sketches. I left out a lot. Yeah. So... If you guys are into into um, SNL, I would love to to <laughs> to hear your thoughts on that. Um, gosh, yeah. Um, anything else before we say no, goodbye? I, I, but before we say bonjour, bye. No, or or no, adieu, bye. Au revoir, bye. Au revoir, bye. Au revoir, bye. Au revoir, bye. That's so hard. Oh my god. Au revoir, bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. How about au revoir is so adieu? Hard. I do a bye. Yeah, okay. I do or a chow bye. Can we say chow bye? Is that chow also bye? Friend? Oh, chow bye sounds so nice. Okay, chow bye. can we say chow bye? Chow bye sounds like a really hot club. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Chow I bye. I like that better. Okay, well, uh, listeners, um, our Patreon lovelies, thank you so much for. Yes, this one's for you. Yeah, we hope you really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon on the main pod. So until then, we'll say chow bye. Chow bye.